I just felt impressed to share these experiences, the, the pros and cons, the hit and misses, the highs and lows of my journey towards meaningful connection with others so that they could see that perfection is not required on this journey. The important thing is that you get on the path to connection and keep trying. And so that's what I hope the sharing of my experiences on my blog and in my book um, are doing for people. Hi, and welcome to And If Love Remains. My name is Mike Levitt. I'm your host. Um, thanks for joining us. I am thrilled and excited to have my friend with me, Carrie Mason. Um, Carrie is a blogger. You can find her blog at downaspenlane.com. And she is a new author. And we're going to talk a little bit about her book. Her book is called Heartcrafted, Connecting with Others in Meaningful Ways. Um, and Carrie, let me just ask you, what, what got you started writing and, and started a, a start your blog? Well, thanks, Mike, for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Um, I began writing my blog in 2017. I was going through a, a difficult personal time in my life, and I, I just really needed a distract, distraction. So I began my blog learning the ins and outs of how to create a blog, and then um, when I wasn't working on my blog, I was focused on connecting with other people. I really needed to get outside of myself, my personal problems, and I found it very healing to not only connect with others, but to record those experiences and share them with others on my blog. And that, that was a really healing experience for you to do that? And That was a tremendously healing experience for me. And um, the healing for me actually began 15 years prior when I began connecting with others um, in more personal ways. And so it was just a, a carryover from what I had already been doing. And so I knew of the healing power of connecting with others. And I just decided to share that through my blog. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's great. And, and you wrote your book, um, uh, Heartcrafted. And I love what you wrote at the top of this book. You wrote um, 36 inspirational stories from one introvert to another. And I think there are a lot of introverts out there, introverts, see, I can talk, um, out there and, uh, um, and they can, they can probably re relate to that kind of a feeling of, of it's difficult to express, um, stories and express yourself. Um, um, but how, how, and, and, and to, to hear other people feel that way, I think is, is really meaningful in its own self. Why, why did you put that at the top? Why was that important for you? Why was it important to me to connect in meaningful ways? Yeah. To share that with others and about being an introvert? Yeah. Well, because first of all, um, I do feel like I'm an introvert in a lot of ways. Um, that would surprise some people because I, I have gotten good at connecting with people. But deep down, I it is uncomfortable for me. It causes a lot of anxiety for me to get outside of my comfort zone and reach out to others. Um, so I am in my heart, a true introvert. And I know there are a lot of introverts out there and who, who desire to connect with others but aren't sure how to go about doing it. And so I wanted to reach out specifically to that group of people, though my, my blog, my book, my experiences are also relatable to extroverts. Um, as far as meaningful relationships, what are meaningful connections? Um, we live in a, the day and age of technology, social media, LOL, you know, LOL, <laughs> IDK, right? you know, it's like, okay, so what does it mean to connect with somebody in a way that truly matters in a tr way that is truly going to fill their empty reservoir inside? And I, I began this journey of connecting with others thinking I was the only one who was not feeling connected. And as I became brave enough to ask people how they were feeling, were they feeling connected or were they feeling isolated? I could not find one person who was not feeling isolated and alone. Wow. Not a single person have I come across who in 20 years, who is not secretly feeling that way. And so I could see there was a need to address this issue and that, no, I certainly was not alone in my need for meaningful relationships and connections. And so what I mean by meaningful 
is, is engaged face-to-face with eye contact, with um, deeper, deeper conversations, being present in the moment, being able to show empathy and sympathy for a person, taking time out of your schedule to devote to another person. Um, that to me is meaningful connection. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's, I think about how, um, how we have been so more connected in a very um, um, arbitrary, not even arbitrary, uh, it just, just, on a surface level way, you know, we, we connect, we like each other's posts, we do things, you know, but we never really take what amounts to the time necessary to get to know one another, to learn to love, to learn to, to have empathy. And I think, um, um, I, especially now, I mean, right now we're recording this during this, uh, COVID-19 crisis. And right now it seems like a very specific time that, finding meaningful connections can be both more rare and more important than ever. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, if there was ever a time people are feeling isolated, it's now. Feeling isolated, hopeless, um, unsure of, of how to connect with people. But, but there are ways that we can still connect. Yeah. You know, there are always ways we can reach out and connect with people in meaningful ways. We just have to shift our way of thinking. Right. What, uh, if you don't mind, have you thought about some of the, some of the ways that we can shift our mind on, on thinking on, on how we can do that? Yeah. Ironically, um, I think sometimes we have to turn back to technology now, okay. something I was trying to avoid in previous <laughs> years. Um, and it's, it's been wonderful to connect, have my children connect, for example, with, with family and cousins on, on zoom. Right. Um, also, with church members, we've been able to connect through Zoom, and that has been wonderful. Um, it's certainly a step down from what we would, what the ideal ought to right. be, but the best thing for our scenario right now. Other things I've, I've resorted to that have really, I felt, blessed my life um, is kind of going back to old-fashioned forms of things. Snail mail, sending somebody a letter or a card in the mail. Oh, yeah. You know? then you're not risking exposing them to anything. Right. Um, but they're getting that connection that involves, it, it's better than a text because mm -hmm. it involves taking time out, handwriting something on a piece of paper. Right. And that person knows that you spent a few minutes thinking about them. And that really, really is impactful in a person's life. Oh, for sure. And, and it, it, it's kind of like, um, a precious gem or something, the less you, you have of it. And we get so few personal snail mails, you know, the, the second we get one, it's exciting. It's like, wow, look what, look what somebody's. And it's not just a, you know, a, a you know, although I appreciate invitation cards and, and graduation cards and stuff, but right. when you actually get a letter, that's special, that's unique. Right. Absolutely. And even if you don't send it through the actual mail, I mean, that can amount to a lot of postage if you're doing it often. Sure. But like walking around your neighborhood, just dropping things off at people's doorsteps um, can really do a lot to brighten somebody's day and know that they haven't been forgotten. Oh, and I think that's a that's a key point to not be forgotten. I think that may be one of the greatest fears that people have is that they'll be forgotten. Um, I think that's honestly why a lot of, you know, uh, people commit some of the crimes they do. They, they just, they just can't bear the world not knowing that they existed or that they didn't matter. Um, and, um, I think if, if the more that we can, we can put out there that, that people matter more than the things <laughs> that people are important and that, that we care about them. That's an, I think that's very useful today. Absolutely. I think it also helps to address the, the growing, Tide of suicide. Oh, yeah. People need to be seen and oh, heard. Yeah. And acknowledged. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So, again, this is Mike Levitt. I'm, I'm with And of Love Remains, and we're talking to Carrie Mason, uh, a blogger and author. Her book is Heart Crafted Connecting with Others in Meaningful Ways. Um, let's talk a little bit about your book. Now, you have this blog that, that we talked about. What inspired you to actually turn that into a book? Well, you know, back when I started this journey of connecting, I was, I was 
in a place of introversion. I had just gotten married. I was living in an area where I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody in my church, in my neighborhood. And I felt alone. I just spent my time at work and then at home all day. And um, somebody from my church invited my husband and I, invited us to dinner. And we didn't know this couple very well, but we went. And I will never forget the feeling I felt as I sat around their table um, and enjoyed a homemade meal with that family. I don't remember anything that we talked about. I don't remember the condition of their house. I don't remember what we ate. But I remember how I felt special because they had thought to invite us into their personal space for a few hours on their weekend to share the most intimate act of sitting around the table and enjoying a meal together. And I went home thinking that was the most amazing feeling in the world. And I want to experience that more in my life. And so it wasn't long after that that I felt impressed to invite somebody into our home for the first time. And that was terrifying to me because we, we were newlyweds. We had an old beat up bachelor table for our dining room table with mismatched chairs. Um, That was bad enough. Inviting somebody into my home that was sparsely decorated and, but then food, food was the other issue. Like what, what would I prepare someone that wouldn't be embarrassing? Right. Like, and then who would I invite? Well, fortunately all these things came together. I felt impressed to invite a young couple from our neighborhood to our home. And I thought, I'll just serve them tacos because who, who doesn't like tacos? Tacos is easy, right? (laughs) And like, you can't mess up tacos. And so I invited them over and I'll never forget. I was at church and I stopped them. I said, Hey, Hey, just wondering if you guys would like to come over for dinner sometime. And their eyes lit up, their eyes lit up and they were so excited And I realized I had no reason to feel nervous. And so they came over and they brought their little son and we had our baby by then, a little daughter about the same time. And we sat around this tiny, round, beat up bachelor table with mismatched chairs and tacos for hours and hours that night. And we just really hit it off. And we ended up being lifelong friends. We're still friends. They've moved. Our families have grown. Um, We still occasionally get together for dinner. Um, And that was my first amazing experience of inviting somebody into my home. And so from there, it just took off. And so I have a lot of experiences over the years, some positive, some negative that I've been recording. And I thought, you know, I don't think I'm the only one who, who was afraid to invite people into my home to feel that uncomfortableness. Right. Um, so I, I just felt impressed to share these experiences, the, the pros and cons, the hit and misses, the highs and lows of my journey towards meaningful connection with others so that they could see that perfection is not required on this journey. Right. The important thing is that you get on the path to connection and keep trying. And so that's what I hope the sharing of my experiences on my blog and in my book um, are doing for people. Oh, that's, I love that story. And I love, I love the aspect that, um, you know, we have these, these shared experiences that, or we have these experiences that, that um, let me back up. It, it feels like our, um, our worlds are so, we're so much islands these days. And that, and that nobody really understands, you know, our feelings and, and the story you just shared. I mean, I can, I can relate. I remember when we were a young couple and, you know, trying to invite somebody over and, and all those feelings came up in my <laughs> brain, you know, again. Um, and I think it's important that people can experience that and, and know that it's okay. Like this is natural and this is what we used to do. These are the types of things that, that used to be, a natural part of our society that we have definitely gotten away, got gotten away from. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you've, um, you've broken your, your book into several categories, um, uh, faith, 
family, men and boys, friends, neighbors, and what's your story? And I'd like to just talk a little bit about um, some of these, if not all of them, and uh, and discuss, you know, kind of your what you're what you're trying to accomplish, um, and and um, maybe maybe share a story or two from from these categories. Um, let's talk. Let's start with faith. I think um, having these connection stories, you know, faith, you know, what does that mean to, to have a connection story in regarding faith? Are we talking about connection to God, connection to others? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Connecting as far as faith goes, definitely a connection with God, but also a connection with, with your faith values, like Mm. realizing what's important for you and willing, being willing to stand up for those beliefs. Um, Several years ago, if I were to have listed the most important things in my life, I would have listed family first, and then God, mm-hmm. and then friends, neighbors, community, in that order. Yeah. But um, after going through a certain experience in my life, I realized that I had had that order wrong my entire life. My family should not come first. God should come first in our lives. Our relationship with him, if it comes first, if we prioritize it, the other relationships in our life will will tend to fall into place better. And so that's why I put faith first on the list of categories, because our relationship with God, I believe, is the most important relationship in our life. And I feel during this pandemic season that we're going through, so many people are are craving a desire with God now more than ever. And sometimes they're not sure where to find that. They're not sure how to go about connecting or reconnecting with God and finding that peace and guidance and connection. And so I share stories in this category that I hope will encourage people, that will give them like step-by-step things that they can do to reconnect with God and improve that relationship in their life. For, for instance, um, there's one, one story I share about learning to rest. I remember not long ago, I felt impressed to slow down in my life. Slow down, Carrie, slow down. Um, but I, I couldn't. Life was just so busy, so many things to do. And, and finally, one day, I had an opportunity to just sit down in a chair and open up a magazine to just rest and relax. And ironically, the article that I opened to was on the importance of resting, the importance of rest, and what it means to rest rigorously. And I thought, <laughs> well, that's ironic. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. And so I learned a lot from that article. And so I wrote about that and shared this in, in the book about what it means to rest rigorously and how that is essential for maintaining a connection with God. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And so that I wrote before the pandemic, but has been extremely helpful to people during this pandemic. They've been really drawn to that article. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I included it in the book because it's, it, it you know, will help us a lot in this current situation we're going through, I think. Well, I think when we're, when we're filled with such anxiety, you know, people are losing jobs. People don't know what, to, what's going to, it's a very, um, it's a time when, when we could lose our faith. I think a lot of people may have, and, um, we're not sure what tomorrow may bring, you know? Um, and I, I think that's vitally important. What, what would you say are maybe one or two things that, that people can do to, to, and I, and I like the idea of reconnecting, um, with God, if they feel like they've, they've lost that connection, what's maybe one or two things that they can do to, to help regain that connection and, and feel that love again? Uh, well, this isn't included in my book, but it's something I heard recently. Um, if you want to revive your spirituality, your relationship with God, do CPR. Attend church, yeah. which sometimes right now is um, just only on occasion right. or online or whatever. Um, the P in CPR is pray. And the R is to read your scriptures. Open up the Bible 
open up whatever scriptures you have, the Book of Mormon, uh, and read. Those three simple things will help you reconnect with God. And, and some of those principles are included in my book and some of the stories I share, as well as, as other things like, you know, there is a way to reconnect with God and connect with other people at the same time. Yeah, they are uh, interlaced, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing my, my girls and I love doing is inviting people into our home, or now you could even do it, you know, a virtual tea party, you know, right. tell everybody to pull out their little teacups and we're going to meet on zoom for tea. And we're going to discuss, um, we're going to discuss questions from the Bible, stories from the Bible or, or value principles or, or share testimonies with one another. Um, and that has proven to be very, um, connecting, um, in my circle of friends and neighbors and also it helps strengthen my relationship with God. Yeah, I do. And I do think that that there is a symbiotic relationship there that that while while we certainly can find spirituality and and find God on our own in our own wilderness, it is certainly better and and more. um, I don't say proper, but it, 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 it has a multiplying effect if you're able to do it and connect along with other people and have that, that kind of support. That's, that's a huge part. And I think people um, who maybe haven't gone or don't go to church much um, miss is, is, you know, they think that that church is, is the purpose of church is, is to get preached to or something. And it's really not, it's, it's to gather, it's to be together as, as one and, and to grow together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your next category, family, and that, that's one I know is dear to your heart as it is to mine. Um, what's a what's a story, or what what were your thoughts about on these these connection stories with family? Well, family was an easy one for me because, of course, that's where my heart is. But what surprised me was many of the stories that I chose for my book were focused on mothers and motherhood. Mm. And I I thought, why is that? Why is there such a focus on motherhood when we think about connecting with others in meaningful ways within our families? And, And I think a lot of it has to do with our insecurity as a mother. We have so much insecurity. Are we doing enough? Are we making too many mistakes? Are we connecting with our kids the way we ought to. And that can prevent us from actually, those fears and insecurities can prevent us from actually maintaining the relationships that we really desire to have. So I I share some personal experiences, a lot of fails, actually, in this category. I share a lot of fails (laughs) under the family category. Um, That shocks me. But, but, you know, (laughs) fails are actually wins if you turn them into opportunities to grow and learn. And, yeah. and so that's what my hope is, is as I share a lot of fails in this book, that you can see how I was able to learn and grow and that your mistakes won't be the end of the world either. Oh, I think that's, you know what, I think I mean, that kind of takes us back to the faith category a little bit. I, I, I really believe that if you can have the faith to know that your mistakes aren't the end of the world, that um, that changes your perspective on so much. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have one specific experience under the family category that I did not want to share with the public because I felt it was so personal and so private and made me look like such a bad mother (laughs) that I didn't think it would be a good idea. But my teenage daughter told me otherwise. She said she convinced me that I ought to publish this experience that involves me and my children. She said, Mom, for the sake of the children <laughs> in the world, you need to share this experience with other families. But she was serious when she said that um, because it did have such a powerful effect on our family. It was an experience about how I thought everything was going fine in our family. But I didn't realize the agony my kids were in. They were suffering emotionally. And it wasn't until... I created a safe space for them to share their true feelings with me that we were able to address those issues and and change the dynamic of our family life. That was a very painful conversation for me to have as a mother, but it changed everything. So that, that experience is included in this, this really painful section (laughs) of family. Oh, wow. Well, 
all the more reason, I think, to go and get the book Heart Crafted. <laughs> um, that's a, you know, I, I think I heard a conversation and I think this is true. Um, when, when people can um, understand that you don't know everything and that I don't know any, everything and that together we're all kind of muddling through it together in a weird way that gives us hope. Absolutely. It does. You know, (laughs) and I really think that, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's powerful that you had the courage to do that because that's, that's not something everybody would be willing to do. And, uh, um, so let's talk any, anything else from the family category that you'd like to share? Oh, let's see. Um, Divorce came up in that category. You know, we each have different circumstances that we go through in our family lives. And divorce is one that can be absolutely devastating to a family. And I share really, really personal thoughts on my mom's divorce Mm. um, and how it affected her relationship with her children um, as she became married and began a family. Um, That one is probably one of my favorite posts that I've ever done. And my most heartfelt and my most meaningful, Uh, but how the trials in our lives don't have to be the end all that we, we can take control of the situations in our lives and, and do our part to create the relationships that we want in our lives. We can't control the actions of others, but we do have a lot of control about with what we do. And I think that's a really important point. I think, um, I tend to do this. I know, um, is I tend to kind of look outside myself and, you know, blame the world or society or the country or the politician or whoever I can, other than me, you know, for the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And we have so little control over all those things. Um, and, and really the only thing we can, and, and, and we can't even control this, but what we can do is, is we can try our best to maintain the relationships within our families, which is the ultimate single source of any society. And, you know, if we can maintain those relationships and have those connections, everything builds upwards from there. It's not the other way around. We don't build a society from Washington, D.C. We build a society from a mom and a dad. You that's know? right. And that's um, and and and. And you talk about, um, you know, mom and a dad. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, um, so many mothers. I think I think women tend to have a much more intuitive and um, a, a better ability to c- communicate than men. And you have this whole category specifically for men and boys. Um, why did you decide to have a category just for men and boys? And not for women and yes. girls? <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> Well, and there, I have an answer for that. All right. Uh, because since 2003, I have been focused on creating meaningful relationships with women and girls and in my own life and encouraging others to do the same. And so that has been a part of my life for a long time. The, the focus on how women and girls need connection with other women and girls. Right. Um, But back in 2017, I found myself suddenly um, single parent to one son, a couple girls. I could do okay with girls. I'm a girl. I know how girls work. (laughs) But a son, to raise a son in this society where men and boys have so many obstacles in their path concerned me. And I wanted to know what I personally was contributing to the problem. And what I personally could do, little me, what I could do within the walls of my own home to help rectify some of the problems that are happening in our culture with regards to men and boys, specifically the shame culture, um, addictions, Mm -hmm. um, on that level of things, um, lack of healthy relationships, um, 
I mean, even inability to communicate. Suicide's a huge problem. Suicide, man. massive problem, yeah. which stems from all these other problems right. we're talking about. So what can I do? Like, what are the statistics? What's happening in our culture? And what can I do as a mother and as a woman to, to bless instead of hinder the lives of boys and men in my life? And so I, I spent a lot of time researching this and applying what I was learning with my relationship with my son. And so the posts I have under the boys and men category are the things I've been learning about the subject and my experiences with my son. And I found I've had wonderful results trying these these tools out with my son, Um, talking with my son about male mentors, the importance of having male mentors in the lives of our young boys and our youth. And I think that's something that I think men need to hear. Like you have a specific, very important, vital role in being a mentor to your children, to your boys and to those around you. I mean, to be an example to those around you is just as important as because a lot of them don't have maybe the best role models and mentors. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in our culture, men are too often told you're not needed. Mm-hmm. You're not wanted. Um, you are, you, you are replaceable. Right. And, and that is just not true. Um, nothing can replace a good, righteous, positive male mentor in the life of a boy, not a good, righteous female mentor, not a mom, not a sister, male mentors are indispensable. And so if men could just realize that, I, I know they would jump, jump into action. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how we're built. We're built to, to help and, to, you know, and, and, to, and I think a lot of problems that men have is they have all this energy to serve and to do so much, be, be workers and, and it's, there's nowhere to put it. And so they find other places to put it. <laughs> and, That's right. Uh, it's just human nature. It is. It is. What, um, um, do you mind sharing an experience or two from your book that, that, um, that kind of exemplifies what you're talking about? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I found in my research that boys, not surprisingly, don't just open up and like to talk like girls do, you know, <laughs> like, so my son just doesn't like to talk about what he's feeling uh, like my girls are willing to spend hours doing. Uh, so I've learned how to relate to him in a different way. I've learned that he just needs his space. And when he's ready to talk, if I provide him with time, with an opportunity, a space of time where we're not focused on talking, but we're engaged in another activity. And it has to be an activity that he's interested in. Yeah. It has to be a boy activity. So one, one experience I shared was we were painting my the bathroom, the master bathroom. And I asked my son to bring in the, the ladder because I wanted him to feel, you know, strong and like be right. the strong one. And, it, you know, we've talked about what it means to, what makes a man, what does it mean to be a man? I want him to be treated like a man in our home, you know? So he's the strong one. He does all the heavy lifting and stuff in our home, but he brought the ladder in and he set it up and I was preparing to climb on top and reach the highest parts of our vaulted ceiling. And he said, mom, can I, can I paint, can I climb the ladder and paint up there? And I said, oh no, I, I don't want you to fall. You know, I think it's too high. And he looked at me and he put his hands on his hips. He's like, mom, when are you going to start letting me take risks? (laughs) Don't you know it's good for boys to take risks? And then I remembered what I had read in my research about boys and men that they need. It is essential. It is critical for boys to be able to take healthy risks and not risks that are going to harm the body, like extreme sports or that type of thing. Those are not recommended, but, but little risks like perhaps climbing to the top you know, right. high up on the ladder to to paint a ceiling. Not not the top top of the ladder, of course, yeah. but to paint the top part of a wall in a vaulted ceiling bathroom. And so I paused and I said, you're right, son. It is time I start letting you take some risks. And so I let him paint the top part of that wall. And 
And that did something to him. He knew I trusted him. He, I was treating him more like a man. I was allowing him to be the boy that he mm-hmm. is, not, not the girl that I'm used to raising, but the boy. And, you know, during that couple hours that we spent painting my bathroom, he started talking to me. He said, you know what, Mom? And he'd start telling me the innermost things that were on his mind. And um, I thought, you know, that moment was irreplaceable. You know, yeah. it required time. It required sacrifice. Some risk on your part. Some risk on my part <laughs> and some discomfort, you know, yeah. and let, watching my little boy grow up and want to take risks. But to have that open and clear communication from him um, was really priceless. And so it's an experience I've tried to repeat more often, providing that time and space to engage in things that he likes to do that are healthy for him and just giving him opportunities to speak. And I just want to reemphasize what you're talking about, because I think it's so important that that um, and as I've seen my boys grow and, and realize some of them where I failed and where I've succeeded. But it's just amazing to know boys need to have their limits tested. They need to know where they are and they need to know what they're capable of and that they're mu- capable of much more. And, um, that can also mean they're capable of much more destruction and they need to understand where those lines are and how that whole, um, whole thing works. That's, that's really important. I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, the next category you talk about is friends and, um, you know, there's that wonderful, (laughs) sometimes too true saying that, that we can't pick our family, but we can pick our friends. Um, but it is important to, I find this is honestly, this is probably one of the most difficult things for me because I'm pretty good at, at making friends, but connecting and continuing that relationship can be difficult, you know, I, and I'm wondering um, what kind of stories do you have about relationships with friends um, and connecting and, and, and the importance of good friends? Yeah, I, I love this category too. Um, friendships are just so essential, um, especially in our day and age for for healthy emotion, emotional health, really, mental and emotional health. Um, one experience I'll share with you is, um, you know, I like to go deep in my conversations with my friends and I like to go deep fast. Like I don't <laughs> want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about like what I'm going through in life and what they're going through yeah. and talk about solutions to problems and, and cry and laugh and, yeah. um, and, and maybe not everybody is that way. Maybe some people are more superficial, but I think there are more people than we think that, that need to go deeper and they just don't know how, you know, they don't have opportunities to go deeper. So I, I read a book by a, a corporate business owner years ago that impacted me so deeply. His In his company, when they meet for weekly meetings, um, he, he finds a way to turn their deepest personal problems into blessings. And this is at a corporate business level. Wow. And I thought, wow, like, like what an amazing way to, to bond with your employees. No kidding. And to to get the best from them. So the way that he did this was he would, they would sit around this big table and then he would have everybody write down on a slip of paper what their biggest trial is at the moment. It could be a financial issue. It could be a a family issue. It could be divorce. It could be um, infertility. It could be um, whatever. Um, The whole, the whole range of, of, trials that a person could go through. So what, what's the deepest sorrow you're going through right now? Uh, maybe the loss of a child, a death, something. Um, and then everybody would t- pass those to him, and they were all anonymous, just trials. Yeah. Um, and then he would read them out loud. And so everybody in the room would hear about the deepest sorrows of everybody else in the room, not knowing who they belong to. But that is eye-opening in and yeah. of itself. And it I tell you, that draws compassion from a person's soul. When you know what the people in in that room that you're sitting in are going through, suddenly you see them in a different light. Your behavior towards them changes. Your attitude towards people change. But that's not where the activity stopped. 
the, the president of the company then took those slips of paper and one by one he read each thing and then there would ensue a discussion on how that deepest sorrow could be turned into a blessing for the people in their community. So for instance, if, if somebody was going through a financial hardship, they would look in their community and see who in our community is also going through financial hardship and how can we as a business and as employees and as people with families go out into the community and bless people who are, who are struggling financially. You know, maybe there's um, food drives you can participate in. Right. Um, there's, you know, countless things you could do. Um, people dealing with loss, you know, loss of a child, loss of spouse or a parent or whatever. You know, you send cards in the mail of condolences. There's, there's literally an endless amount of things you can do to turn what you're suffering with into a blessing because, you know, you suddenly have empathy for other people. And that empathy truly is a gift. Not everybody can relate to everyone with regards to the trials we go through, but some people can relate and everyone can relate to someone and we can all do something. So to me, that was such a wonderful example of how to connect um, not only with community, but with your friends. And I think like, how deeply do I even know my friends? So I, I tried it out one time. I had a bunch of friends over for a book discussion one night a couple years ago. And I tried this activity on them. And I passed them each a slip of paper. And these were all friends, most of them. I felt I knew pretty well. And I asked them to write anonymously their, their deepest sorrow. And they submitted those papers to me. And I read them out loud. And can I tell you, tears were shed that night. Tears were shed that night as we learned so much more about each other and our compassion grew. And then we challenged one another to reach out into the community and do something to bless someone who was dealing with the same sorrow. Wow. So I share that experience in, in my book. And, you know, that is powerful. And that, that connection we can have with, with our friends that we can, you know, bond and um, bless ourselves, bless others. I mean, that's, that's really, really powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. It makes me think of, um, you know, if we knew what everybody, I, I think about this when I'm driving. Um, of course I used to always quick story, you know, another failing of mine, I'm driving and somebody cuts me off and I'm really upset because they cut me off and how Mm -hmm. dare they get in my way. And, uh, um, they, uh, um, but then I saw them pull off into, um, we live right close to a hospital and they pull off in the hospital and I just realized, oh, it broke my heart. Cause I realized that, oh man, I'm, I was such a jerk. Even they didn't know I was being a jerk, but I was being such a jerk. And, and, um, you know, they had someplace way more important to be than I did. And, and I try to keep that in mind. And I think if we realize the, the, the problems and the things that people are going through, are way deeper and, and you can have an impact on people's lives for what to you may be so little cost, you know, not even monetous time and spending time with somebody can be a huge deal. That is so true. Yes. Um, your, your next category is neighbors. Um, talk to me about that category and, and, and why you decided to have a, a specific category for neighbors. Okay, now we're really kind of getting out of our comfort zone, right? <laughs> right, we're moving. Like, it's one thing to like try to connect with God, you know, and you got to do this in a specific order too, you know, God first right. and then family. You got to make sure your family's in order and then you reach out to your friends and then all of a sudden you're a neighbor and it's like, whoa, <laughs> like, no, no, no. We have like fences up between our houses for a reason, right? <laughs> like we drive into our garages and close the door. Like there's a reason for that. Like right. we don't want to talk to our neighbors. Like that's scary. Like what would we talk about? What would we do? Like, okay, let's get out of our comfort zone right now. Let's step out of the box for a minute. And and so I really had to do that. Like, get out of my comfort zone. How can I connect with my neighbors who may not even desire to connect with me? I didn't even know if anybody desired to connect with me. You know, what, yeah. what do you do? So I remember years ago, my husband and I went on our nightly walk around the block with our kids and the kids begged us to stop at the park. And I was just anxious to get home and, 
and start with our nighttime routine, you know, baths and beds so I can have a little bit of space and time to myself. But I relented and I said, okay, you know, just 10 minutes at the park. Let's go to the park. So we went and as I'm sitting there on the bench, my husband and my kids are playing. I noticed the kids were playing with other kids and and they were kids that spoke a different language, but they were still running around having fun. And I was like, how do they do that? Like they, they can't even communicate verbally, but they're like playing tag right. and they're having a blast. And I looked over and I saw the mother of these kids and she was sitting there all alone and she looked very somber. She didn't look very happy. She looked kind of sad sitting all alone. And I just had this impression, like, go over and talk to her. And I was like, well, my Spanish is really weak right now. Like I, I'm afraid to have a conversation in Spanish and no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So I ignored that. And and then I, I called my kids. I said, guys, it's time to go. Let's go. And and I watched the kids interact with their new friends as they were saying goodbye. Bye. I don't know if I'll see you again, but I hope I do. And they, I mean, like instant friends. Right. And it's just so easy for kids sometimes, you know? Like we, so much we can learn from them. <laughs> so I just, I couldn't resist. I pulled the kids up and I said, guys, let's go over and talk to this mother and she had a couple kids other kids who didn't speak the language um they spoke spanish and they were just playing in the sand feeling all alone so let's go talk to them and include them and so i took the kids up and we we're like hola and in our broken spanish and <laughs> como esta and mengamo and you know telling our names and, and what's your what's your name and they were sharing their names and 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 that's all we said was hi this is my name what's your name and with big smiles on our faces, and that mother's eyes just lit up. Mother's eyes just lit up. Like somebody was engaging with her her children, like making an effort, like yeah. an uncomfortable effort. And it was my kids doing it. You know, they were the one speaking because we had had a little bit of Spanish lessons. So I was right. like, go ahead, say what you know. <laughs> like I was just prompting them what to say. And they were the ones having the conversations. And... As I walked away that night from the park, I thought, wow, what a powerful experience that was at that park that night that I was so grateful I had that, you know, I try during my life to be the example to my children, but so often it's my children setting the example for me Yeah. with how to connect with people in natural ways. So. They, well, they, they, kids just do it so naturally. It's what they're built to do. You know, it's interesting how we, we forget, you know, how to connect in the way that they do. It's so natural. It really, it really is. is. Yes. It's amazingly natural. Um, and I think that is the hardest. Like you're, you are getting outside your, your comfort zone when you're talking to your neighbors, when we're trying to, um, it is much easier to, to connect with somebody 3000 away, miles away than it is to go and knock on your next door neighbor's door in a way. Definitely. And, uh, so I yes. think any other stories or anything else you want to share in that category? Any other thoughts? that? Yeah, I also have a lot of, of failures in this category. I mean, I just really do. This process of connecting in meaningful ways, in, in really heartfelt, focused ways, is just hard. You know, it is. Yeah, it's, but, but it's Can I say something? Before, before you go to this, I just there's a, something that I heard that was so brilliant. Um, if something, you know... If you're going to do something, uh, do it right or do it well, I think is the same. And I heard somebody say, if it's, if there's, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. In other words, it's worth doing badly and messing up and then do it. Cause you got to do stuff badly before you can do stuff well. Yeah, <laughs> and so if it's yeah. worth doing well, then you've got to do it it's badly. It's worth doing badly. <laughs> right? I, yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. And that certainly applies here. Yeah. Um, I've had so many wins in my, with my neighborhood, my community. And, um, but only after a lot of fails and you just don't give up. You kept, keep pressing on and, and the blessings are there like blessings that you cannot even imagine. Really? Are there. There's just That's... so many, so many blessings, um, that have left me with no regrets. Um, so another, another example of connecting with my neighbors. Um, here's a Debbie Downer for you. Um, so I had a neighbor for years and years, and 
didn't didn't know him very well. Just saw him drive by with his dog usually in his car and we'd wave and smile. And and I thought, you know, that's just the relationship neighbors have, right? You just smile, you wave, you go about your day. Um, Well, recently, just to to move forward a little bit, I attended a, a funeral of a kind of a neighbor and was I thought I knew her pretty well. And was stunned to learn so many more things about her at her funeral, you know, where everybody's praising her and talking about what her passions and hobbies were in her life. And I thought, oh, if I had only known those certain things about her, our conversations could have been so much more meaningful. What did she really enjoy doing? And what were her favorite things in life? And and what did she get a degree in in college? And and like she was a single mother and supported her kids. Like I can relate to that. Yet yeah. we never talked about that in person. And I thought, why is it that we find out these things about a person after they die? You know, we lose that opportunity for connection. So I just, I just desire for myself to learn more deeply about people so I can know what they're really going through and have more means of connecting with them. Well, going back to this neighbor across the street, we just had this very superficial relationship and, um, until one day, one year, I felt impressed to deliver him a, a gift basket for Christmas. Um, we were doing it to our other neighbors. Why not him? Well, there were some reasons my kids didn't want to go to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were pretty valid reasons. But we we fought through and we ended up going to his house. And and that night really changed our lives and the way we, we saw people because his reaction was just so heartwarming and unexpected. And a couple more years went by and... We just kind of kept up our superficial relationship, smiling. I mean, we we sent over our Christmas basket, right? right. Like we had done our job. Right. We, we'd done our parts, <laughs> right? That was good enough. Things went back to superficial until one day, one morning, um, I went outside and I saw emergency vehicles lining our street and lights flashing and... Um, and and I learned one of the greatest lessons of my life that day. And um, I won't tell you the end of this story because that would just ruin it. Yeah. But this is one of the most powerful stories in my book, I think, about um, and that really a lot of people can relate to um, and that would really bless the lives of so many if we could just, um, if people would talk more openly about these types of things happening, you know, our wins, our losses, our failures with our neighbors, with those in our communities and how things like this don't have to happen yeah. if, if we are just become more aware. But it's um, one of the most powerfully moving posts on my blog and in my book. And so I hope that story will touch a lot of lives. Yeah, I hope so too. And, and I would encourage, again, everybody, um, go get the book, Heart Crafted, Connecting with Others in Meaningful Ways. How, how can we get the book, Carrie? What's the best way for people to, to connect with this book? Uh, the book is available on my website at downaspenlane.com. Very good. Right on. So go get the book. Um, this brings us to our final category that you have here. What's your story? Um, tell me about this category. What, what's this all about? Okay, this is kind of a different take from my other categories. Um, we already discussed faith, family, friends, boys and men, neighbors, and communities also in there. So one thing I, I started doing on my blog that I thought would be really cool to bring over into my book is interviewing people I don't know and asking them really deep questions about their life and see if they'd be willing to share them with the world. Yeah. You know? And so I put out a feeler for that and and the response was overwhelming. Turns out people want to share their story, you know? And and I think it's so true. There isn't a person you wouldn't love if you knew their story. You know? It, it, it I found that to be true over the last 20 years. There's not a person I've had enemies, I feel like people I can't stand until I learn their story. And right. then I have this compassion for them. And I suddenly like certain parts of them, at least, you know? Yeah. And so I think we crave as as individuals to hear other people's stories, their backgrounds, why they are the way they are. And we don't often 
get that from them. So this provided a means for for people to share their story and for other people to hear other stories. And it was just a win-win, and it became a very popular series on my blog. So I brought it over into my book, and I featured six women who have faced different obstacles and challenges in their lives, um, who have shared their story. Like, what has been their deepest sorrow? What has been their biggest trial? What's their greatest blessing? What's the best thing that's ever happened to them in their lives? What's the most adventurous thing they've done? Um, what are three words that describe them? Um, what's your relationship with God like? Um, how do you um, best connect with other people? Like, yeah. In what way do you prefer to connect with other people? Or are you ever lonely? Do you ever feel alone? And just to get these raw answers from people and to hear about their biggest trials. Um, some of them I featured in my book. Military, the blessing, the pros and cons of being a military wife, yeah. you know, um, a single parent, a working mom, um, a quadriplegic, an amputee, rather, um, a quadruple amputee, actually. Wow. I mean, trials we can't even imagine having, but then hearing the perspective of the person that has it um, is just life-altering things. Wow, if they can go through that, then I can get through my trials. You know? right. I mean, we really have a way of touching even strangers with our stories. I, I, I'm with you. I think that's so powerful. And, and what an inspirational or inspired way. Um, it is a win-win because people want their story to be heard and people want to hear people's stories. People want to know they want to be inspired and they want to want to have a reason to um, keep doing the things that they're doing because they might be going through the same things, you know? Yes. And um, that's, that's wonderful. What um, do you have a story you'd like to share or, or, or something that, that you think would be interesting for our audience to hear in that category? Um, well, let me look through these. Um, You know, I, I just, I guess the one I could relate to the most is one that really touched me is, you know, going through a divorce and becoming a, a single parent um, and to see somebody survive that, right. you know, live through it. And they, they've dealt with the highs and lows of that and they've been able to move on with their life and, and they're a survivor. And so that really blessed me personally in my life to be yeah. able to relate to that and, um, so that was when I really, really that's, enjoyed. And I think that, you know, that, I love that you're doing this project. I think it's, it's, I, I didn't realize, you know, I've known you for a little while and I didn't know you had this blog or this project until I see this book that you wrote. And I'm so excited to, to talk to you more about it. What, um, again, I'm talking with Carrie Mason. She's a blogger and author. You can find her blog at downaspenalley.com and you can also find her book, Heart Crafted, Connecting with Others in Meaningful Ways, 36 Inspirational Stories from One Introvert to Another. Um, what have you learned by doing this project, by doing this book? What has been, what have you gained from it? I have learned more than anything else of the healing that comes from connecting with others in meaningful ways. Taking the time to focus outside of yourself, especially when you yourself are going through hard times, can bring healing that you never dreamed of. I think that's a good place to to end it. And I just want to thank you so much for your time, Carrie. This has been a great experience for me. I'm looking forward to um, continuing to to uh, encourage people to to check out the book. And um, what you know, before we go, is there anything else that that we're missing that you'd like to share, or anything that that you'd like to say? Yeah, I just wanted to say that I do have. Um, an invitation in my book for others to share their stories. Um, I would love to receive um, more stories from people like you around the world. The stories in my book are from women, but they don't have to be. I would love to hear from, from men as well as women. 
um, answering these more personal questions um, in a way that will connect with strangers around the world. So that invitation is there in that book for you to find and use at your will. Um, and the message I would like to leave with people is that while connecting with others in meaningful ways will demand much from you and bring out the best and the worst in you, it is so worth it. Amen. That's beautiful. I think uh, on that note, I'd like to again thank Carrie Mason, blogger, author, downtown Aspen Lane, or excuse me, <laughs> I almost mixed the show with the with the website down aspenlane.com um the book is heart crafted um this is mike levitt i'm your host of and if love remains um you can uh, find us at and if love remains.com you can find us on youtube and anywhere you find your podcast um we do have a merch shop so if you want to want to um support the show go and get your your mug your water cup your mask if you need one um there at our merch shop at andifloveremains.com thanks again we'll catch you next time <laughs>